So as I mentioned um, just earlier, our focus will be this morning on verses 6 to 10 in the first epistle of John, chapter 5. And the theme this morning will be the greater witness. But first I just want us to drop back one verse to verse 5. Who is he that overcometh the world? but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. So in this verse, John reminded us that in order to overcome this world, to overcome our sin nature and the evils of this world, we can only do this when we believe and trust in the name of Jesus. This faith, again, is a gift from God. So to trust in the name of Jesus is to believe and to trust in who he is, and what he has done. And the details of this we will see in the next few verses. So in these verses, John's going to expand on who Christ is and why we can trust him and on him alone for salvation. So let's now focus our attention back to these verses and we'll look first of all at verse 6. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ. Not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit that beareth witness, because the spirit is truth. Firstly, I want to unpack what John means when he states that Jesus is the one who came not by water only, but by water and blood. Now, some of the uh, commentators are divided on this. Some believe that the water and blood refer to Jesus's death alone. Um, They think this um, appeals to where Christ's side was pierced by the soldier's spear and and both blood and water ran from his side. Others believe that it refers to to both Christ's baptism and death. The water referring obviously to the physical baptism of Christ and the blood to his crucifixion and death. And it's the latter that I would agree with. I believe that it does indeed refer both to um, the baptism and death of Christ. And we'll see this in the next few verses. But before we do that, I just want to remind us once again of the reasons why John wrote this letter. John wrote this to a church that had been attacked by false teachers. They had denied that Jesus had come physically in the flesh. They stated that Jesus was God, however, he only appeared to take on human nature. This, we know, is heresy, and it attacks a very essential element of the gospel. So what John writes in these verses does away with this heresy, and it affirms what the apostles were teaching and shows that this could be trusted. But now, back to what John meant when he spoke of water and blood. So we, we go to Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 12, and I'll, I'll read through this. Follow if you, if you would like to. Um, but we're just going to spend um, a bit of time just reading these 12 verses to, to get a grip, a grasp of what um, John speaks. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, 
Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John did baptise in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptised of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a, a girdle of a skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey and preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptised you with water, but he shall baptise you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptised of John in Jordan. And straight away, coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. So remember the theme today is the greater witness. And here we see the Holy Spirit being that greater witness. The one who testifies that Jesus is the promised one. So here at the baptism of Christ, not that Christ needed to be baptised for the remission of sins, for we know he is without sin or blemish, but the Holy Spirit was here confirming Jesus Christ as the one who is sent. And we know this because the Holy Spirit descended upon him. John um, chapter 1 verses 32-33 adds further to this. And John, that is John the Baptist, bear record saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it bowed upon him, that being Jesus. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptise with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. So the baptism of Christ, that is the water which um, John is speaking of in his first epistle here, the Holy Spirit bears witness that Jesus is the Christ. The one in whom we overcome this world. It's in Christ that we overcome this world. And the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, is the witness to this because he is truth. So John is no longer stating that he he alone is the one testifying about Jesus being the Christ, that Jesus is God incarnate. John is going beyond himself to the greater witness, the one who cannot lie, the one only who, who speaks truth. That is God. And God, the Holy Spirit, is the one who brings us truth. The scriptures speak clearly of this. John sixteen thirteen. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. John fifteen twenty six. But when the Comforter is come, that is the Holy Spirit, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. So Jesus speaks of the Holy Spirit being truth, the spirit of truth, coming to testify about who Christ is. We've already seen this at the baptism of Jesus. The Holy Spirit descended on Christ at his baptism and was the witness that Jesus is the Christ. Or as Lenski puts it, 
By his baptism, Jesus assumed his office as saviour of the world for which God had sent him. This was the Holy Spirit declaring to John and to us through the word of God that Christ is the saviour of the world for those who trust in him. Now Jesus, as we have just read, said that the spirit of truth will come and testify again. And what Jesus means by this, we will study in verse 10 shortly. But now I just want us to come back again to verse 6 and look at the blood aspect of what John is stating here. So Jesus came by water, not just water, but water and blood. What is meant by the blood of Christ? Well, as we heard earlier, this takes us immediately to the cross. The cross was the reason Christ had come. He had not come to judge the world this time, but to save. And to save people from the wrath of God. This could only be done by Christ dying on the cross. His blood would need to be shed. And again, I want to take us a bit further back now. We're going to Numbers chapter 8. Don't worry about turning there now. I'll just read this, uh, a few verses from it. God is speaking uh, to Moses here and he says, Take the Levites from among the children of Israel and cleanse them. And thus shalt thou do unto them to cleanse them. Sprinkle water purifying upon them and let them shave all their flesh and let them wash their clothes and so make themselves clean. Then let them take a young bullock with his meat offering, even fine flour mingled with oil, and another young bullock shalt thou take for a sin offering. So there in the Old Testament, we have a picture of Christ. The priests were being set apart for their work by being cleansed. Jesus was set apart at his baptism. It was shown that he would be the great high priest. And here in Numbers, it showed... It spoke of a sin offering. Jesus is the one and only sin offering that we need. So the sin offering in Numbers was, yes, it was for the priests, but the priests also sacrificed sin offerings for the Jews. Jesus would be our sin offering. He would be the sacrifice. His blood, which John speaks of, would be the blood that is spilled. And it's because only by the blood of Christ can we be cleansed from all unrighteousness. All of us here have broken the commandments of God. Now these cannot be dealt with by our own works. We cannot in and of ourselves make up for the things that we have done wrong, the sins we have committed, the laws that we have broke. Our salvation is not based on a balance of scales between good and bad deeds. For our good deeds are but filthy rags when we try to do good, to appease God. Our attempt at righteousness for justification is not righteousness, but a pathetic attempt to be right with a just and holy God. You see, we stand before an angry God, guilty of breaking his laws. And breaking his laws results in spiritual death. We were born with this sin nature. And this spiritual death is eternity in hell, where, as Christ said, there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. But it is by the blood, the blood of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ, 
That is where he bore our sins, the sins of those who believe and call on his name. It's there where Jesus received the wrath of the Father. It's there where Christ paid the penalty of sin. See, Christ took the place of those who trust in him and he was punished for their transgressions. He was pierced, he was crushed for the sins of the believer. And it's by the blood of Christ that we are cleansed. So Christ paid the price for those who call on his name. Ephesians 2.13 But now in Christ Jesus, but now in Christ Jesus, you were once far off, have been brought near by what? The blood of Christ. Colossians 1.19 to 22, for it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto, unto himself. By him, I say, whether they be things in earth or things in heaven. And you that were sometime, sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now hath he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and unblameable and unreprovable in his sight. Romans 3.25 Whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood to, to declare his righteousness for the remission of sins that are past through the forbearance of God. This is what the blood of Christ does. The blood of Christ cleanses us from all unrighteousness, brings the believer near to God. The violence of the cross that killed Christ, that shed his blood, brings peace between the believer and God. The blood of Christ has turned the wrath of God away from the believer, for the wrath of God has been satisfied. And this is why the humanity of Christ is so important. And it's why the witness of the Holy Spirit is essential. For we can trust that Christ is the Saviour because the Holy Spirit confirmed it at his baptism. We can believe that Christ was fully man because he bled and died on the cross for the sins of those who believe in him. We see that all that in verse 6. And now we come to verse 7. Now, verse 7 um, is seen as a bit of a controversial verse. Not of what it says. Not because of what it says. Because what it says is, is true and correct. We see the Trinity. We, we confess to believe in, um, in God. We believe that there is one God. But in verse 7, the controversy comes in place where we have to see whether it is meant to be there or not. You see, there are manuscripts that have it. Some of the old manuscripts have this verse in, others don't. And that is to be discussed and sort of and studied together. But here and today is not the time and place for this to be done. So I will state that what this verse says is true. We do indeed have a triune God, one God Three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we will leave that there for today, because we're going to look further into the theme of today, which is we have a greater witness. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree in one. And this is what we, we read in verse 8. 
And there are three that bear witness in earth, the spirit and the water and the blood. And these three agree in one. So verse 8 is re-emphasizing what we've just read in verse 6. That is the Holy Spirit, <clears throat> the baptism of Christ and his death are all a witness of who Jesus Christ is and what he came to do. That being what Paul said to Timothy in his first letter uh, <clears throat> to Timothy, chapter 1, verse 15, he says this. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all uh, acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the chief. This is the reason Christ came. And we have a witness to this in the, with the Holy Spirit, Christ's baptism and his death. So the Holy Spirit, Christ's baptism, um, bears witness, but also what the Father states at the baptism of Christ too. The Father stated, Thou art my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So Jesus, at his baptism, um, <clears throat> it show, it is revealed to us his deity there as well. We see his humanity and we see his deity. His deity was shown when the Father stated that Jesus is his beloved Son. This is the witness, all the witness that we need. All three, the Holy Spirit, the baptism and the crucifixion, bear witness that Jesus is in fact the Messiah. It shows that he is the Saviour, the one who was promised in the Old Testament, has now been revealed in the New. And all these three testify that this is true. So we now know who Jesus was, who he is, and why he came. And now in verse 9, John changes direction. He goes from speaking about the testimony about Christ, which the apostles have preached to the churches um, in order to defend the heresy that comes in. But, but John now changes direction. Listen here in verse 9. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. For this is the witness of God, which hath testified of his son. So John wants to quickly combat any argument that this is just the accounts of mere men. Because I'm fairly sure that would, may have been one of the arguments from the heretics that had come in. They'd have tried to dismiss what the apostles were saying, calling them just mere men. We see this uh, time and time again when we speak to others about scripture. We say this is the word of God. The, the person who doesn't love or know Christ will argue, oh, it's just merely men's words. But we know that. This is not true. But what John does, he goes past the apostles. He goes straight to the top. He goes to God himself. He said, look, this isn't the view of men. If you want to trust the apostles' teaching, then that's great and good. But what we should be trusting is the witness of the almighty creator God. And all that John says here is fact. And what we see... Um, Later on in uh, what Paul says in 2 Timothy brings a bit more light to this. 2 Timothy 3, 16 to 17. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. and is prof profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So John here is saying, look, don't trust and think of this as just the word of men. 
go to God. And we see this with the Holy Spirit, the Father and Christ at the baptism. The Holy Spirit descending and staying on Christ. The Father stating that this is his Son in whom he is well pleased. And then we see Christ dying on the cross and raising uh, raising to life again to conquer death and sin. And we find this all in the scriptures, the word of God. Because the scriptures were written by the hand of men under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So we can trust the scriptures because the scriptures are given to us by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So why is it then that some come to faith and believe on the name of Jesus Christ and trust on him and have faith in him for salvation? And why is it that some others reject? Why does some reject the gospel? Well, light comes to this this question in verse 10. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. So those of faith have the witness of the Holy Spirit in them, and they know it. Everyone who truly knows, both in their mind and their soul, that their faith is in Christ and believe and trust in Jesus, has the witness in themselves. Not that they've come to their their own um, conclusion with their own ways, their own minds, their own intellect. It's something else. Because believing on the Lord affects both the mind and the heart of a person. At the point of salvation, we know and love Christ. We know there has been a change in us. Now, I'm not talking about fuzzy feelings and a warm glow that is is spoken of when people come to faith. I mean, we can all get that from a glass of whiskey. What John is speaking of is the new mind, the new mind that you've been given, the new desires for righteousness, a hatred of your own sin and a love of Christ. That is the witness that is inside everyone who knows and loves Jesus, the true Jesus. And that love is there because the Holy Spirit has had his work in you. The Spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit who who showed to John who the Messiah was, who the Son of God was and who was the Lamb that takes away the sins of this world. All this we see at Christ's baptism. We love this Jesus when we believe and trust in him. To use our confession of faith again, uh, this is how the Spirit has worked in us. This is what is written in our, our confession. By his word and spirit, out of that state of sin and death in which they are by nature, to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ, enlightening their minds spiritually and savingly to understand the things of God, taking away their, their heart of stone and giving to them a heart of flesh, renewing their wills and by his almighty power determining them to what to that which is good and effectually drawing them to Jesus Christ yet so as they come most freely but made willing by his grace that is why we have the witness in ourselves we know we have been saved because the Holy Spirit is in us he has worked in us and we now have these new passions these new desires this new love of Christ 
and it will be with us until we are called home. We will persevere in this faith. But on the other side, on the other side of this, of what John, John speaks of, is those who deny or reject Christ as God and reject his offer of salvation. These people deny the truths of scripture. They deny scripture that is, yes, written by the hand of man, but who were under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. So those who deny who Christ is and what, what he has done and who deny the Holy Spirit are attempting to make God out to be a liar. Because we have the witness of God. We have the witness at the baptism of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ. So a person makes God out to be a liar when they refuse his testimony regarding his son. This is what the false teachers did to the church John is writing to. It's the same today. The Jehovah Witnesses do this. The Muslims do this. The Catholic Church does this when they claim that the Pope is the mouthpiece of God and that we must in fact pray to Mary. And where a person denies what the Father says of his Son in the Scriptures, this person cannot have fellowship with God. For they have rejected the only mediator between man and God, Jesus Christ. And it's Jesus' blood that cleanses us from all unrighteousness, that makes us holy before God. So we can be with God. We can have fellowship with the Lord. So to deny Jesus in any way is to call God a liar and ultimately rejects the only way of salvation. To finish, um, I will use the words of, of Lenski again when he wrote about faith in Christ. Believing is not a matter of the head and intellect alone, it does include this, but that it ever appeals to the heart. By this it means that what we read and understand of the scriptures, we believe with our hearts and souls and trust in the blood of Christ for the remission of sins. This is the witness that every believer has and why every believer will forsake this world and look forward to the, to the day that the Lord Jesus returns. Amen.